Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Startup Soiree Podcast. This is your host, Patrick Reif, bringing it to you from a slightly warm conference room out at Pixelated HQ. I uh, hope everyone is having an incredible spring so far. We are lucky enough to have Nick Kina out in the main studio running Power Tools while we record today, so hopefully that won't be too distracting. Um, however, we're lucky enough to have the wonderful Carol Redman from Backroom here today um, to provide more than enough fodder and raised voices to distract you from that. So, Kara, without further ado, welcome to the Startup Story podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, to start off, why don't you give us just a little bit of background on yourself and uh, your company? Um, so I'll start with my company. I own a company called Backroom, and we uh, very roughly describe it as brand development. Um, and that can mean anything from helping to improve internal processes for a customer um, who um, has an idea of what they do and what they offer, but maybe aren't um, supporting the aspirations of the brand. Or maybe it means they need to clarify their messaging or put together an external facing identity that re- better represents them. Um, and so we've been in business for about two years. Um, we've just expanded just a little bit. And um, my background is uh, an agency. So I spent quite a few years working in-house doing um, marketing and uh, brand development for companies that I worked for. I uh, love the glamour of the agency environment. So I, I spent some time and three here in Baltimore um, and just wanted to do something different than the model that I was seeing that I felt very self-serving within the agency model and wanted to find a way to add more value for, for clients and help them take more ownership of their own brand and their own strategy um, and use the insights that they had because they had built their businesses from the ground up. So they had a lot of intel insight and were very intelligent about the way they ran their business. And so how can we give them the tools that they need to clarify and have focus and, and move forward on their own without um, delegating to somebody who maybe didn't have their best interests in mind? So what was it that... Um what was it that was the aha or the point of view that started to kind of emerge in your mind that made you want to to figure out what that model was and 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 to take the leap to do it with backroom we have jokingly say sometimes that backroom was formed out of anger and frustration um we would uh my team and i are very good at what we do on a tactical sort of technician level Um, And a lot of times we would sit in front of clients who um, we knew it was their livelihood. They were giving as much of their investment money as they could to this agency or, um, you know, they were kind of hacking things together and needed help. And they came to us and maybe things were sold to them that they didn't need that weren't really directly tied to their business or where they were, whether they were a startup or a huge enterprise going through some sort of pivotal change. Um, And I was tasked with pretending like it was okay and delivering the best work that we could based on utilization rates and billable hours. Um, and so the, the frustration is when you really love what you do and you see the potential for incredible value in the services that you offer, but the projects and the client relationships aren't necessarily set up for success. Um, soul sucking is a very, um, I think, soft way to put it. Um, and so I had this idea of, I don't want to go back to freelancing because I did that for a while. Um, I put all the things down on paper that I thought were great about freelancing. I put all of the things down on paper that sucked about freelancing. And I did the same thing about agency because it's not all bad, right? There are some great things like being able to collaborate, get up, walk across the room and talk to somebody who has a completely different skill set and expertise and, and work with them in that capacity. 
but there's a level of autonomy that's not there. There's a level of, I'm really good at what I'm, I can do, but I'm limited by time constraints, billable rates, somebody micromanaging me, um, not really getting access to the client to understand what the real pain points are. Um, and so I wanted all of that, but I didn't want to sell services. I wanted to understand what the real challenges that people faced when they were growing a business and figure out what the value is that we can offer based on that. Um, a lot of times we found that people would come to us for very specific tactics, like I need a social strategy or I need you to put content together for me, but they couldn't really answer why. They couldn't tell me why they needed it other than somebody told them they did or their competitors are doing it. Um, and so our value has really been in teaching people how to not be all about me with their brand when they describe it and when they talk about what they do and the value that they offer, but thinking through the terms of, or through the lens rather, of their customers and the people who purchase from them, who work with them. What's the value? What are you doing? Why should anybody give a shit about what you do? And when we can come in and help them to translate what they already feel about themselves and know who they're talking to, then they have ownership and they have clarity and they have focus. And it's not just here's my logo and here's my name and my tagline and my sales pitch, but here's the stamp that I'm putting on the world and why it matters and who it should matter to and who it's okay if we're not their cup of tea. And it changes everything from um, the size of the clients that they pick and the clients that they know that that's not a good fit or maybe we'll sign on, but they're a keep the lights on client. They're not one that's really going to be um, a big part of our portfolio. Or how do I write a job description? How do I really vet talent? How do I hold my team accountable for supporting the pillars that, that we say we do these things? How do you put that into action? And I think um, a lot of times we see businesses with really great intentions and good ideas and aspirations, but they don't know how to get from where they are today to there. And that's what we do for them. We build that framework that they can own and manage. And when someone tries to sell them something, they have the insight to say, that's not right for me. So when you started to build, you know, what, what would be the, you know, the assets that you were going to base backroom around? What did you, what did you start with to make sure that from the very beginning, because what you're talking about is an, an ideological realignment and how these processes take place, right? Instead of it being kind of like a cash river on one side for one point of view and a river of blood uh, from the other point of view and wanting to really make sure that you were transacting in a space where you were really helping business owners understand not only, not only what the value was, but actually what they needed to buy on the shelf at that moment and how it really was tethered in with their goals and what they wanted to like address. So like, where did it start? Um, so it started with, um, our, our big deliverable has always been a brand manual. It's like a Bible that they can take with them, whether um, it's helping them to develop assets or hire all these other things that I've already talked about. But a large part of the, here's what you get, and this is the framework, and this is the deliverable, has been a long time of more deprogramming than it has been learning. And so um, our, our focus for everything that we do, personally and professionally, and everyone on the team, is that we're very deliberate. And so um, when we came into it, a lot of things we knew that we did were right, but we knew a lot of the things were sort of gap fillers that we had learned from being part of an assembly line in an agency that maybe didn't really make sense. And so everything that we've done from we, when we came from this old school mentality of like when you have a website, you're going to do a sitemap and then you're going to do wireframes and then somebody's going to do design mockups and then you're going to hand that to a developer and it's, you know, you're a cog in a machine. 
Um, it doesn't make sense. I'm sitting there one day and I'm putting a site map together and I'm going, I'm pulling this out of my ass. I'm thinking, I guess they need an about page. I guess they need this. And so it gives us the opportunity to sit down and say, all right, this is what we have done in the past and this is why it doesn't make sense. What does make sense? And then we constantly iterate on that and we ask our clients, how is this working? And we have a feedback loop. And so as a result, the deliverables have been anything from, I have one client who's like, I trust you and I don't have a lot of time. Just tell me when you need check-ins and go and build this thing for me. And we've built it for them. Um, and then I have another that says, hey, we have all the in-house resources. We have developers, designers, photographers, content people. We know our product and we love it. We're there every week training them on what we would do if it were us. And so there's going to be a point when they leave the nest and they don't need us anymore. And that's a success to us. So. Um, it can be our deliverable can be training our deliverable can be just frameworks that we put in front of them mm -hmm. it could be here's exactly what you need to do with your brand and the entire strategy for executing it um, and then for some it's ongoing work where we come in and we're consultants um, and for us we've always been a here's our big beautiful cake and it's here's the price on the cake and not everybody can afford that um, and so now our, our, our recent goals have been um, finding out how to sell by the slice a little bit more and really living up to our own brand of we're here to empower companies. It doesn't matter if you don't have a big budget. Maybe you haven't even gotten to MVP yet with your startup, mm -hmm. but we'll do a half-day workshop with you and teach you why you don't need to hire a branding agency right now. And here's some best practices for design and messaging and, and UI for your new product that you can do it yourself. It's not rocket science. We can, you know, we can teach you some things that you can do to own your own sure. brand. And when you're at this milestone, come talk to us. So um, we do teeter a lot between actually giving a hard deliverable versus being a, a training and education resource for people. Fascinating. Uh, and how's it been going? Um, it depends on what hour you ask me. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, from small business owner to small business owner, it's certainly, um, no uh, boring lifestyle. Um, like I said, we've recently grown. We just moved into a new space, um, which on one end is incredibly exciting, and then on another end is terrifying. You know, when it was just my partner and myself, clients pay late, we figure it out. And now I have, you know, mouths to feed and, and people to protect. Um, but on the other end of it, the potential has opened up. I mean, it's really been just me and Tom for a long time, everything from sales to actually delivering the client work to accounting, forecasting, everything that goes into a business right. has been me getting up, going downstairs on my kitchen table and figuring it out. Um, and so now that I have some people that um, have ownership of some of those pieces that are not my biggest strengths, it's incredible to see what we've been able to build in just a couple of months. So how big is the team now? Um, so right now there's six of us, wow. um, and uh, one of my beloved people is moving to California tomorrow. So she'll be doing some remote work, and um, and and somebody else is coming in to be more uh, client facing. Um, but you know, I was actually having coffee with a, a friend this morning, and just saying that it's I still pinch myself a little bit. It's hard for me to wrap my head around. Wow, people want to work for me because. This is something that I feel like is very much in, in my head and it's very much about me and Kara and, and Redmond is very much the backroom brand. Um, that it took some sort of prodding from my mentors to say, oh yeah, people are dying to do what you're doing and they want to be a part of it and, and you need to go find those people. Yeah. And now they're here and sometimes I just stop and I look around the table and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> you're here. Like You're really here and you're doing this and you're building my company with me. and. And you care about my clients as much as I do. Uh, it's 
It's nice. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy when people care about something that you're building. Totally. Like, like, I mean, just the whole, like, the meeting side of it, you know, I I can empathize with that point of view, like, 100%. It just crack. You know, it, it makes me laugh and, and, like, uncontrollably. And I even get, like, a, a, you know, a slightly accelerated version of that with Startup Soiree because it's looked as this, you know, very hopeful thing. And people can tell that, you know, I mean we put a lot of work into it, you know, like managing it this year has definitely been almost a full-time job for me and, you know, Pixelated pays me, Startup Story doesn't pay me to do that stuff. So it's really funny as that stuff graduates and you're like, wow, like all of these people really care about this yes. thing. Like it's not, this isn't like being flattered at all. Like it actually has turned into something that means a lot to people. Um, so yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and I, I think for us, it's there's been a little bit of, um, there's a stigma around marketing, I think, on some level, sure. right? It's I'm not here spending time trying to figure out how to get some schmuck to click on an ad for something they don't need. We are the opposite of that. We only work and we say no to a lot of clients because they don't want to do the real work with us yeah. that we find companies that we really believe in and they're so excited that it's not here's what I'm going to build and here's my exit strategy and this is going to make me a ton of money. Those things are great and they're wonderful to have in a business strategy, but it's, I, you know, put my car up as collateral to get this loan because this is, I have to do this. I have to build this. I can't stop these, you know, Jerry Maguire moments they're having in the middle of the night because this is their stamp on the world. It's their livelihood. It's everything. And if we can align in what they're building and help them realize the potential that they have to actually create that and get people on board in a way that's meaningful and build their tribe around their own mission, that's not getting people to click on stuff they don't need. That's changing Baltimore. That's changing the economy. That's um, that's helping us to create jobs. It's helping people to say, oh, I can quit this job that I hate and go build this thing that I love because look at this awesome network and community that we have and people who have done it. And we laugh a lot that if you go to you know some bigger cities, if you go to DC and like oh man I just got laid off and they're like oh well call me when you have a job kind of attitude and here you say hey I got laid off it's like oh I have six people you should talk to let me introduce you let me see your rest everybody here wants to help everybody here wants to see their neighbors do well uh-huh. everybody's like I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and help you out I want to see your business do well um, and if we can be just even a sliver of a part of that and 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 either bridging people together or um, helping somebody get through a growth period or go through a renaming process um, that brings them more success, that's awesome. That's, I mean, I had a, I was talking to a client earlier today and I was like, what, is, what was the value in working with us? And he's like, well, you made us a ton more money because now people look at us and we're legitimate. We're not just getting these one-off deals. He's like, you, you made us money. But he's like, just like the morale, like we know what we're building. We know what we're going toward. We know when to say no to a client. And... Um, and when you see the, I guess, ongoing, I call them just like royalties, these soft things that come from um, you know, the emotional side right. for a business owner, uh, I don't get that in an agency. So, you know, you've moved into your office and you've made it to, did you say six or seven? Six. Six, six people, including yourself? Is that including yeah, including you? me and my partner. So, I mean, if you keep growing, you're going to look and feel a lot more like an agency at some point. Yeah. Is there like a cap for you or do you feel like you can create a model that is scalable? It'll just be built around different intentions so it'll behave differently. 
So I think that what um, is going to, I've thought about this a lot and it's an excellent question. Um, I think what's going to keep us away from that model is um, the way that we, and, and I think sell is even a strong word, but the way that we vet the types of people that we want to work with. Um, and so, you know, for example, we turned somebody away recently because when we went through the process that we have and how deep it goes, um, they started kind of itemizing things that they didn't want to do. And they were things that were, in my mind, truth revealers of, you don't need to talk to my internal team. I'll tell you what the culture is like here. And maybe you don't need to talk to all of my clients and interview them. So they don't really want this holistic view. And I think that, um, and it was a, it was a good budget project. And if I had said yes, then I think I would have been starting to go down that agency road of, I know I can't really add value for you, but I need to keep my lights on, so let's do this. Um, I'd much rather be eating cold ramen and continuing to stay true to the fact that I want to add value. And if I can't build a sustainable business around doing work that means something to me and my team for businesses and companies that value us and, and need the work, then it wasn't meant to be. And I don't want to take shortcuts and... Um, do things that, like I said, aren't deliberate for the sake of doing them, for the sake of the business. Um, it has to be real. It has to be authentic. And I think that the way that we've even just structured our sales cycle around more of an emotional connection with people rather than uh, here are three gaps we can fill for you and how much it's going to cost, um, I think it's going to keep us from doing that. If we stay true to that, I think we're going to be good. And and we also are very specialized. We have these constant temptations to get into more like marketing, execution, and campaign stuff. And we draw a hard line because can we do those things? Yep. Can we do them pretty well? Sure. But that doesn't allow me to get really, really good at what I do. And at the core is understanding businesses and understanding brands and mm-hmm. building websites for them. Um, it, we want to just want to continue to go down that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I think for us, it's about being really good with temptation. There's a lot of opportunity out there. There sure is. There's a lot of opportunity out there. So I was wondering if you wanted to describe a little bit of um, like a two part here. Um, who a really good looking potential client is for you and what the process looks like for them when they start working with you? Um, the best clients we have, like I said, are, are passionate people who are absolutely driven and, and people ask us a lot what, what verticals we specialize in. Um, we have everything from like a record store in San Diego to a family wealth consultancy in Philadelphia you know, to a mental health practice in Virginia and video production and an agency downtown. Like so we're we're all over in, in terms of what the business itself focuses on. But what we found in this, um, I don't want to say it wasn't intentional, but it was certainly a subconscious thing. But something that's organically happened is now even our clients are friends and helping each other because there's this mentality of. I need to change or I'm going to die or I'm not being true to what I started out doing. And it's this search for authenticity, um, this search for I want to be better and I want somebody to come in and ask me hard questions and I can handle the truth. And if I get angry or somebody cries, they can still handle it and guide me through it Um, versus a lot of companies out there want someone to validate what they already think about themselves 
and I'm not interested in doing that because it's not healthy or productive. Um, so it's really a personality type or a type of business owner that is our ideal client, somebody who wants to do things right, somebody who wants to do the work, somebody who wants to take a really hard look at their business and look at um, what's not only happening right now, but what's ahead and wants to know, am I really developing a culture? Am I developing a brand or am I just going through the motions? Am I just harvesting um, or am I really building something? Um, and I think that the work just ends up being more productive and more valuable and more meaningful for both sides when we have that. What was the second part of your question? What would it look like when when a, when a client comes to you? Like, what's the onboarding process like for working with someone? So that's a great question, and this is um, something I think that we've um, thought about and iterated you know, how we engage early on. Because the level of work that we do is so emotional and so visceral for companies, not everybody knows what they're getting into. Um, we can talk about it a lot, and people like the idea of it. Um, you know, it, it, but when you get in it, it's it's difficult. And so we've structured our engagements in a way. If we're doing a full rebrand, so we do have, like I said, workshops and some other smaller ways to get a taste of how we work. But if we're doing a full rebrand, we scope out the entire discovery process as a standalone with a recommendation at the end for what they need to do next. Um, it's very much like I can't take my car to the shop and ask for an estimate if you can't look under the hood. Um, but I want you to look and give me an estimate first. And sometimes the recommendations that we come back with are they're reality checks. And like I said, not everybody really wants to do that sure. work. And so it gives us the opportunity to say, here's a ton of value. Here's everything that we've learned about the people you're trying to reach, the people you have internally, your competitors, market, all of this great value that you get. It's a roadmap for your business and what we would do with it. And if you don't agree and you still want to keep doing things the same old way, you have the opportunity to walk. Right. But you still have something valuable. And we have the opportunity to walk if you don't want to really get into the work. Right. And so from there, usually for us, um, it's been, let's do the work. Here are the things that we need to do. And either divide and conquer um, as a team, which is ideal for us. We really like to collaborate with our clients or we'll go out and build something for them. So um, is a lot of your, is there a lot of retainer work that you do or is it mainly all just project-based? It's not retainer work because, again, our entire focus is on empowering our clients to live and own their, their brand. And so obviously there's check-ins like part of our discovery process is benchmarking brand perceptions and then looking at aspirationally where do you want to be perceived and not just when somebody thinks of pixelated what do they think but what does somebody feel about themselves because they're a pixelated customer mm -hmm. what does it say about me because I'm a pixelated kind of person sure. um, and so we can do ongoing um, analysis of how well our efforts in the brand development and what they're doing are helping them to get to those aspirational mm -hmm. goals um, but again I think very strongly things like ongoing content development ongoing social own that it's your business it's your brand it brings you closer to your customers why do you want somebody to stand in between you and your customers um, but I'll teach you how to do it I'll teach you how to do it. I'll give you a framework right. um, I'll give you something to measure it against but that's yours own it get good at it um, so this is the spot where I need to hear from you where a good place for people to follow along and um, how they might get in touch with you. Uh, we have a few social channels. We, um, you can find us first and foremost on backroom.io. 
um, the same exact on Instagram, backroom.io. And then Twitter, we're backroom. And then, of course, we have a Facebook page as well under our name. Excellent. And uh, just the contact form on the website is the best place to write in if someone wants to email. Yep, you can also email team at backroom.io and you can reach us that way if you'd like to talk some more. Amazing. Um, Kara, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down, talk to us about your business. Um, it was really great getting a chance to um, to dig a little bit. I don't typically get a lot of guests that want to talk about brand. It's kind of one of my things that I like to talk about. So it's been a great chat. Thank you. Um, all right, guys, head over, give some of those social platforms a follow. Um, if you haven't yet, please hit the subscribe button, whether you're listening through the iTunes or the Stitcher or the SoundCloud app, you can hit subscribe in all those spots. You can also follow us on YouTube if you're listening from your cubicle. Um, if you have a few spare moments, please head over to the iTunes store and leave us a quick review. Your reviews help more people get served this podcast, which helps us get more listeners for the great businesses here in Baltimore. Um, this is your host, Patrick Reif, signing off. Keep taking care of each other. Peace. <laughs>